Emmanuel Church, this is Zach DePrima. I'm here with Alex, and tonight we're going to be discussing the subject of membership in the life of the church. We want to discuss uh, how can I be a good church member, and maybe more specifically, how can I be a good church member during this season? So, Alex, tell me, how can I be a good church member? <laughs> just coming right out with it. Um, you, you mean particularly during this season or just generally? What does it mean generally to be a good church member? And maybe you might want to talk about what membership is. Yeah, sure. Well, membership uh, uh, is the term we assign to something we see in the Bible. So, uh, and, and, and that thing that we see in the Bible is a certain uh, um, connectedness that individual Christians are to have to one another within one local body, a connectedness, a relationship that carries with it certain privileges and benefits and responsibilities, and um, a certain mutual accountability. Um, so so I, I often tell folks it would be pretty much impossible to be a Christian or to adhere to, to the majority of the New Testament if you were not meaningfully connected to other believers in the context of some sort of... Wait, can you say that again? You think it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, oh, well, to be a meaningful Christian, the way the Bible lays forth what Christianity is. So the, the way I would often put it is, how can you love one another if there is no one, if there is no another? Mm. There's, there's no one else. There's no other. Mm. Um, how can you bear one another's burdens? How can you pray for one another? How can you encourage and exhort one another? I mean, that's so much of what the New Testament is about, is how to live as the Lord's disciples in community. Christ died to purchase a community and to make a people, to make a church. And so, um, and it seems very clear, obviously, from the New Testament, uh, that there's, of course, this, this universal church body, this bride of Christ, that finds its expression in local congregations. And those local congregations are made up of individual Christians who have covenanted together to, to be the church in that mm. particular local community. So, so that's, that's membership, and there's lots of other ways I try to establish the, 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 the uh, legitimacy of membership from the Bible. Personally, I don't mind if you call it membership, or mm. partnership, mm. or ownership, ownership, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Membership is just the word we use to describe what we, we see in the Bible. So we're discussing, to, we're discussing right now what does it mean to be a good church member, but in that question, uh, there's the assumption that I can be a bad church member. Sure. What does being a bad church member look like? Okay, so assuming you are a member of a local church, mm -hmm. what would it mean to be a bad church member? Well, that could mean quite a lot of things. Or a not good church member. Yeah, not a good church member. Well, well, there, there's a few dimensions here. I mean, a, 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 you can be a bad church member by, by not um, cultivating personal piety and godliness. Hmm. The, the body is weaker by everyone else's sinfulness mm -hmm. and idolatry and lack of love for the Lord and love for others. That's, that, that doesn't uh, immediately manifest itself in our relationships with each other necessarily, but who I am privately has a bearing on, on, on the health of the church, not just in our public relationships and responsibilities. But yes, of course, um, publicly, some ways you can be, a, I guess, a bad church member. Uh, not attending or participating in the uh, regular gatherings of the life of the church. Um, so sort of do, doing precisely what Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 call us not to do. Um, that is to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. 
um, to to not um, take a spiritual interest in the other members of the church, to be kind of a casual attender or a consumer or something like that. So someone who just kind of shows up and leaves, uh, doesn't actually uh, buy in to mm-hmm. the spiritual well-being of his mm-hmm. or her brother and sisters in the church. Uh, someone who's not willing to open up and to allow other brothers and sisters to minister to them and be involved in their lives through prayer requests, meeting practical needs, bringing spiritual encouragements from the Word of God. Um, so that's a host of things. I, but I think giving oneself over to sin in various ways. Mm. Um, I, I think you know the healthiest church members very often are the holiest church members. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's, there's all sorts of ways someone could be a, a bad church member. Inattentiveness to the Word of God that's preached. Right. Uh, not singing the songs, not really entering into prayer with the body. All sorts of things. Many churches today make it pretty easy to be anonymous within a congregation. Sure. I can just show up on a Sunday, and then I can leave and not talk to anybody. Yes. Uh, in some churches, even the lights are so oriented such that I might not even need to be seen. Hmm. If somebody joins Emmanuel Church, hmm. what's stopping them? What's keeping them from becoming anonymous in hmm. our church? Okay. A lot of, a lot of small things. A lot of big things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so quick to say that someone couldn't successfully remain anonymous for a short time. Mm. So there have been folks who have come to our church, maybe four or five weeks go by, and I've, not, I've seen them, but I've not been able to interact with them for one reason or another. And then I finally do. I'm thankful for that opportunity. Almost always other members have reached out to that individual. Mm. But it's not like it's impossible mm. that someone could, could be anonymous. Our church is about 150 people in attendance on a Sunday. You're going to be noticed if you walk in, um, especially if you've not been here before. Um, I stand at the back door, so I shake pretty much everybody's hand, uh, interact with almost every visitor. And our members are trained. Mm. I say trained, I mean encouraged. Mm-hmm. We talk about this as a church. You see someone you don't know, go talk to them. Go try to invest in them spiritually. Mm. We say in our membership classes, unapologetically, if, if you are not comfortable with people being meaningfully, regularly, personally, deliberately, spiritually invested in your life. I mean, they're asking you about your quiet time, asking you about how things are going in the marriage and the family, asking you uh, uh, how your, your time with the Lord has been lately or if, if you're in a spiritually healthy place or are, are you having struggles you want to share with me. If you're not comfortable with that kind of thing, this is not the church for you. Hmm. Um, we are not into FACO Christianity. We're not into pretend church. Um, we recognize we're all locked and engaged in spiritual warfare. We're talking about life and death matters of, of eternal significance and, and, and um, everlasting import. And so we're, we want to be real. Mm. We want to give ourselves to meaningful Christianity the way the Bible outlines it. And so that's the talk we talk and then uh, thankfully just from where i sit by the grace of god i think the lord has given us a congregation that has promoted that culture Mm. where i do think it it would be hard to to be certainly would be hard to be a member Mm. and be Mm -hmm. anonymous Mm -hmm. but it would be hard to come to emmanuel i think for any any lengthy period of time and remain anonymous so I'd like for us to eventually orient this conversation to the current crisis we're going through in the world with, with COVID-19. But before I do, can you speak to a little bit uh, the function of a church covenant uh, and its relation to membership? Where does a church covenant play in the, in the life of a church member? Yeah, and, and um, the idea of having a church covenant is not original to our church. 
it would have been the regular practice of, of most churches in America prior to the 20th century. Um, I would not go as far as to say you must have a church covenant if you're going to be, you know, a, a, a true church. Don't have a chapter and verse to give you. That said, most church covenants are made up of lots of chapters and verses. Hmm. What I mean by that is our church covenant is a summary of the basic commitments that we make to one another as a local church gathered in a particular community uh, week by week. We are determined to be a family of the Lord's people, uh, a true church of the Lord Jesus in our particular local context, and our covenant outlines how we will live life together, and it's full of clauses like, we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, we will bear one another's burdens. We will pray for one another. We'll work to maintain a biblical ministry among us. We'll, we'll be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. These sorts of things, which I could give chapters and verses for all those things I just said. Mm. Um, the function of the covenant is is to, to, to regularly, we do it every time members join the church. Um, we all, all the members stand. We recite the covenant together. And the purpose is to rehearse together these ideals that God's Word has set forth for us that we're never going to follow perfectly, but nonetheless, God being our helper, we intend to follow and, and live in our life together toward one another. So our church covenant is nothing more than a statement that we intend to be the church toward one another. Mm -hmm. it, it is in many ways what makes us a church, a mutual commitment to be the church mm -hmm. uh, uh, under the authority of God's word, in our case, uh, under the, the authority of a confession of faith and um, governing documents and all of that. But it's a statement that we we are the church of Jesus Christ, and this is what that means. It's it's governed by, characterized by these mutual commitments we make to one another. So church members and prospective church members are given a copy of the church covenant in our membership class. Yeah, they're is asked it, to affirm it. Is they're, it they're, they're asked to, uh, I'm going to give myself to this. And and when, and when they're asked to verbalize it. So just like at a wedding, you make vows to, to, to your, your husband or wife. Uh, we make vows to each other. For members who would like to consider the covenant more, uh, can they access that on their website or? Is uh, it are you talking about our covenant? Yeah. Yeah, our covenant is on the church website. Probably, I think it's under the What We Believe page. So go under About What We Believe, and I think the covenant is linked there. But it, our covenant is not original to us. We had, uh, I'd say, 90% of what's in that covenant we drew from other covenants. Maybe 10% is stuff we've not seen elsewhere. Uh, what are the things that I should be thinking if, I, if I'm determined to be a good church member during this season? What are the things I, I, I should be doing that may be unique to this season we're going through right now? Or those functions of church membership, normal church membership, that should be more pronounced probably in this season yes. of life? I don't have the church covenant in front of me, and I've not read the whole New Testament lately. Um, I would imagine almost, almost everything that that we are called to do in Scripture, we can still do as the church. Mm. Almost everything. The main thing we can't do is we can't gather. Mm. We can't uh, uh, hold corporate worship gatherings. Mm. <laughs> we can't do something like, I think it's 2 Corinthians 13. We can't greet one another with a, uh, um, with a holy we kiss. Yeah. Uh, we can't embrace each other. We can't see each other. Okay, so... Um, but other than that, most of what the Bible calls us to as the church, we can continue to do. And, and, and in some of those cases, things we can continue to do, we have to find other mediums to do, other methods to do them. So, so if, if I'm seeking to encourage a brother or sister, I can't do that necessarily face-to-face -face right now. Right. At least not with the whole church body. Right. But I could do that over the phone or over text or over email. Um, 
But, but I, I would just encourage brothers and sisters, members of the church, to recognize all the same texts are still in play. So, so a text, for example, like Hebrews 3, I think it's 12, 13, 14, something like that, uh, says that we're to exhort one another daily as long as it is called today, lest there be in us a hard heart of unbelief. Mm-hmm. Well, the need we have for the regular spiritual deliberate input of members to help <coughs> us to resist and fight unbelief that hasn't changed. I still have that need resident yes. in my heart for the, the help of other Christians in the church. Mm. And one of the main tools at my disposal for having that regular encouragement from the believers and giving yeah. that encouragement myself, I can't have right now. Mm. I can't have the regular gathering. can't have my small group gatherings, at least not in the same way. So what am I going to do about it? Well, we got to get scrappy, spiritually speaking. You know, maybe... Maybe this means I'm going to call members. I'm going to make better use of the phone. I'm going to wear it out. I'm going to get on Zoom. Um, Those members who are able to have a little bit of interaction in a a socially distanced context, well, maybe they can do that. But we we need to recognize our our spiritual needs have not changed. Hmm. Our obligations to one another have not changed. Um, The the, the, uh, urgency of... of, um, the, the temptations that, that, that we meet with every day, the spiritual warfare we're in every day, that hasn't changed. Mm. And so I would just, I would encourage members of our church, do the things God calls mm. you to do and, and get scrappy about the medium. Yeah. So, so encourage your brothers and sisters, mm. as, as we're called to do in 1 Thessalonians 5, mm. 11. Um, find ways to do that. And maybe it's writing a letter or, or sending an email, sending a text, I don't know. But, but whatever works for you, mm. seek to obey God's word in, in ways other than the regular gathering that we're deprived of at this time. I think you could say the, especially in area of temptation, it, it has changed. We're more vulnerable now than ever in the sense that we don't have the safeguards of seeing each other regularly, sure. of gathering each other, of having the boost and encouragement of worshiping together I said this sitting under temper- God's word. The, the, no matter how strong we may feel or how well we think we're doing, the fact is this. If the Bible is true, then it is true that we are all more spiritually vulnerable Yes. as a result of our regular gatherings being suspended. Well, that doesn't mean you crawl up in the fetal position, spiritually speaking, and, and suck your thumb, but it means I need to watch and pray. Hmm. I need to be on the alert, and I need to take stock of myself spiritually and say, how am I gonna, how am I gonna cope? How am I going to stay connected to the body um, in a, in a, in a, a um, season of social distancing? How am I going to have regular uh, 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 Bible intake and spiritual content pouring into my mind and my heart, and and so those are the questions we need to be asking. And, and but look, what does it mean to be a good church member? To pray for one another. Well, we can still do that. To love one another, we can still do that. We say in our constitution, we'll seek to serve each other in practical ways and seek to seek to bear one another's material burdens. Well, we can certainly do that. And, and I just want to say a word of encouragement to all our Emmanuel family listening to this. I am I am hearing of manifold ways on a daily basis that the body is finding to serve one another, encourage one another. I am so encouraged by, by, by what I, I perceive as real health among the body in this time. There's a hunger and a desire and a, a spirit of longing for our gatherings, but a recognition that God's sovereignty has put us in this position, and in the meantime, we're going to love and, and serve one another as best we can. Mm-hmm. And that's happening, and I, mm-hmm. I bless God for that. It's so encouraging. Mm-hmm. So if I hear this conversation this week, Alex, can you speak to two or three things a church member can do this week to be a good church member? But, yeah. Specific things. But, yeah. Um, uh, call a brother and sister in the church who you think needs encouragement. 
uh, I, you know, people are different with how they communicate. I just think a text is probably, in, I mean, text people too, but think, I mean, Hebrews, is it Hebrews 10, 24, this is where to consider one another, or to consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Mm-hmm. Look at your directory, mm-hmm. or, or look at Church Community Builder, or look at your Facebook page, and, and, and consider who needs encouragement. Mm. Who would be struggling the most in a time like this? Or who in my sphere of friendships and influence most needs that phone call? And get on the phone with a brother or sister and talk with them, pray with them, share encouragement. We, 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 we did a small group uh, um, uh, this week, and um, I just said everybody share what's a prayer request and what's an encouragement that you want to give during this time. So sweet to hear that. And it just seemed, just looking at everybody's face on Zoom and hearing different ones interact, it was just a, a refreshment and an encouragement that came from that. So that'd be one thing I'd say practically. Identify, a second thing would, would be identify a practical need in the church that you can meet. Hmm. Um, uh, is there someone in the church body who needs a meal? Is there someone in the church body who, who needs material support? Is there, is there a way we can bless them materially? Um, I don't know. Think of practical ways to serve others. Is there, is there someone who is especially anxious about a family member who you can bless? You know, maybe one of us is very concerned about a relative in the community that they can't see right now, and maybe we could help them by dropping off a meal. I don't know. Um, things like that, that would be significant. Alex, some people find it challenging uh, on this topic, whether it's discipling or being a good church member, that if they want to talk about spiritual matters with somebody else or call another brother or sister, they feel like they're intruding in that person's Mm -hmm. life. Can you speak to that brother or sister that just finds it challenging to speak into somebody else's life and and to encourage them? Yeah, like where where they feel like, I don't know, like to ask the sort of questions you're saying I should ask. It's not my place. It makes me uncomfortable. Maybe I'm an introvert, those those type of things. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it takes some growing into this. Uh, as one pastor I really appreciate said, we have to learn how to talk to one another spiritually in a way that doesn't sound like a Hallmark movie. Hmm. That takes some practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, uh, you don't want to sound like you're reading from a script or something like that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would just say seek to grow in that. Pursue help in that. Like If you feel like I'm not really good at uh, um, an on-ramp to spiritual conversation, I'm not good at provoking and stimulating spiritual conversation, Sure, that was a pastor or someone who's kind of discipling you or someone close to you. I would say, you know, don't necessarily focus on the member furthest from you that might be hardest to communicate with. Start with someone who's going to be, um, who knows you better and maybe be aware of, of any idiosyncrasies or what's awkward for you. But, you know, um, I, I think I said this in a, a previous podcast, but it, it is like Nike, just do it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would become more natural the more you do it. I'll, I'll be honest, in my own life, it was probably in high school when I started to uh, learn this, this um, the importance of being spiritually engaged with one another, asking good spiritual questions. I've encouraged folks before. We did a class on discipling recently. Um, I, I shared this with the group there that um, it's good just to go ahead. Don't be afraid to rehearse a little bit and tuck away five to ten just good questions mm-hmm. that are, are good on-ramps to to spiritual conversations. If you don't feel natural, it's okay. You know, tuck those away and use them. So uh, just throw out a few. Hey, man, so how can I be praying for you lately? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, hey, you know, have, have you been able to listen to the sermons online? Any, anything, any any blessings coming from that? Anything you're learning from mm-hmm. that? Um, you know, um, 
asking people about their lives. Is there anything giving you anxiety right now? What are you anxious about? Or what are you encouraged about? Um, those are simple questions that are natural enough to ask. And um, But you, you grow with practice, I think. Can you speak to that brother or sister that has a strong sense of self-sufficiency? I got this on my own. I don't need other people in my life. I have a good quiet time. Yeah. I don't need other people to be a good church member to me. Yeah, yeah. I would say to that brother or sister in all love that on the authority of God's word, um, his inspired word, you are wrong. Hmm. Um, the Bible makes plain you're not self-sufficient. The Bible makes plain that you, just like every other one of us, has deep spiritual needs that, yes, are met by Christ, but he's pleased to use the means of other Christians in our lives to bring that blessing to us. The Bible teaches that again and again and again. And I would just say um, that that um, it, it might be hubris hmm. to to um, uh, pride to suggest that, um, no, I, I really have this. You know, the Bible says that we're to exhort one another daily so that we won't fall into unbelief, but I'm not in that category. That reminds me of the Apostle Peter. Mm. Though they all may deny you, Lord, I, I, or though they all may run, mm. uh, I, I won't leave you. And, and what did Peter do? He denied the Lord. Um, yeah, let every man take heed lest he fall. I mean, so many texts come to mind. So I would just try to lovingly encourage that brother or sister. God's word teaches me and teaches you that we need other Christians in our lives, that we're not self-sufficient. And no matter how much we feel self-sufficient, um, let God be true and every man be a liar. We're not, his word teaches us this. And Christian community and fellowship is a good gift. God has wired us this way, designed us this way. And I'm not even talking now about the whole introvert, extrovert thing. That's, that's uh, uh, frankly, I'm a little tired of that whole distinction. Um, I think it flattens people. But, but, but nonetheless, uh, let's, let's just look at the Bible. What, what does the Bible say I need? All right, I'm going to trust the Lord that he knows me better than I know myself. And I'm going to give myself to that, even if it doesn't feel um, that I'm always getting the benefit. I'm going to trust there is benefit in this. I think there are many people that find it very easy to seek others out mm-hmm. and to ask probing questions and try to draw other people out, but have trouble sharing themselves to other people. Oh, yes. They okay. have trouble opening them, their own spiritual lives up to others. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been reflecting on this in, in my own life. You know, I frequently ask other brothers and sisters, hey, what are ways I can be praying for you? Mm-hmm. And uh, a brother recently turned that on me and said, hey, how can I be praying for you? Mm-hmm. And I was completely caught off guard by the question. Yeah. And honestly, it a little bit, you know, put off a little bit. Like, I don't know, I asked you that question. You know, I asked yeah. others that question. I, I think one of the big areas where it's hard to be a church member is to, you have to be intimate and share a part of your life yeah. with yeah. another. Yeah. And I, look, I want to be sensitive. That that takes some time and some some trust, you know, and some some... Uh, we got to grow in that. So I, I wouldn't, if there's someone just really struggles sharing their life with others, I don't want to just throw them in the fire. I would encourage them to little by little unburden themselves and get comfortable with some, some level of spiritual and personal uh, transparency. I, I wouldn't just say, well, you got to be telling me about every sin you're struggling with and everything. No, I mean, that's not what the Bible teaches. But, um, I would want to encourage that brother, that sister. We can grow in this. We could, we could learn to do this, and it's going to take some time. But um, the Lord teaches us that this is good for us. Alex, any closing thoughts on this subject of, of how can I be a good church member during COVID? I'll just say, um, we didn't talk about why this question or the assumption behind the question. I don't want anyone to think 
I mean, we should all be laboring to be good church members. It's one of the callings that we've been given by God. Every Christian, I, I believe this, every Christian is called to be a church member. And they're either living in obedience to that calling or disobedience. We're all called to be church members. We're all called to be followers of Christ. Uh, if we're married, we're called to be husbands, wives. If we have kids, we're called to be parents. We want to be faithful in all of our callings. Um, but just a very obvious word, don't find your sufficiency or your worth or your value in being a good church member. So I hope everybody's thinking right now, man, I want to be a good church member. Mm-hmm. I want to contribute to the health of the body. I want to mm. love the body in these ways. And hopefully we're all thinking, I want to please the Lord Jesus Christ because he's the one who's called me into the church. But um, I, I would say the very best way you can be a church member at this time and always is to look to Christ. Mm. Find your righteousness in him, your soul satisfaction in him. Let him be the standard for how you're going to live your life. Look to the Lord Jesus. Find your identity in him, mm. not in being a church member. But I think what you'll find is as you look to Christ and as you follow Christ, you're going to find yourself pulled closer and closer to those brothers and sisters in the church who, like you, are united to him. Mm. And, and, and it's like that old diagram they would say in marriage. You know, it's like a triangle, you know, with the, the husband and wife on, on the two kind of lower corners and mm. then the one that leads Christ is at the tip. Mm. And mm. as you both look to Christ and move closer to Christ, you find that you're moving closer to one another. Yes, Christ is sort of our north star in everything. And he's, um, he's certainly that way in how to be a good church member. And so don't just think, I'm going to be really good, mm. you know. Oh, that'd be great. I hope you are good, mm. you know. Uh, but be good through the grace that Christ supplies and do it for, for his glory. Mm. Well, we're out of time. Brothers and sisters, we love you. Alex, thank you for your time. Thanks, brother.